0: Hey everyone, welcome to Hit The Apex Podcast, I'm Jawad as always, thank you for joining me today, it's the 29th of August, Thursday, favourite day of the week, as you know, because it's podcast day, and I'm actually on the road um, for this podcast this week, Uh, if you've been following for the last, I don't know how long, few months that I've been talking about, looking forward to going away in August and everything... Uh, to South Australia and here we are, I'm actually in Port Lincoln at the moment, Um, last night in Port Lincoln actually, Um, heading off to Broken Hill tomorrow, nine hour drive, should be exciting, Um, but yeah, no, it's been an absolute blast so far and you know, I thought recording the podcast out here as well would be quite special, Um, we've got the Belgian Grand Prix on this weekend which I'm going to preview for you. There's been some big news breaking today and during the week in the F1 world as well. Some driver announcements and also our calendar for 2020 is um, out there as well now. It's been confirmed. So I'm going to go over that for you throughout the edition. We've also got supercars, the Bend Super Sprint. So I was at the Bend as well over the weekend, saw the race on Sunday from the track side. So, I'll talk a bit about that as well, all the talking points and, um, yeah, some other news if I can get to it as well. MotoGP had an exciting race as well. So, yeah, um, quickly, just before we get into the racing side of things. So, Port Lincoln, you know, South Australia, it's my first time here, of course, and I think out of all the places I've traveled to in Australia, it's got to be the most beautiful state I've been in, you know, I'm a big fan of water, being close to the ocean is so amazing and we did uh, Coffin Bay today, Coffin Bay National Park and one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen, just, you know, the ocean water, um, so clear, so picturesque. Uh, i think it was like golden golden island or something that was out in the middle that you could see a lot of good photos i took some good wildlife out there as well some kangaroos emus and all that so yeah just looking through those photos i was saying this at the time while um while we were out there that no matter how many photos you take and pictures and video and all that kind of thing you can't really replicate being there and seeing it for yourself um just something about nature and being kind of at one with the nature that um just it makes you feel really peaceful and serene and it's just been nice to get away from the rat race of work um for a while you know I think this is the longest I've been away on a holiday from work for quite some time now so and being quite far away as well (sighs) you almost forget about all that so yeah it's been quite amazing and you know I don't want to think in a glass half empty kind of um view and say oh it's almost over we're almost at the end of the journey but you know we still got broken hill to look forward to a few days there and then before we head back to melbourne so you know look at it as a glass um glass half full perspective you know we still got part of the uh, journey to go so yeah um really looking forward to uh what's coming ahead after, after tonight, and getting out of Port Lincoln, would love to come back here, and if anyone, if you guys travelling around Australia, or coming in to Australia for the first time, I definitely recommend coming to South Australia, Adelaide was beautiful, never been to Adelaide before, had a good time there, and you know, just the drive over to Port Lincoln was quite fantastic as well, so yeah without further ado let's um get into the racing for this weekend and you know you kind of forget that f1 was on a bit of a hiatus over the month of august and now we're back to the racing and you know if you listen to the review the mid-season review last week and also um the market watch silly season (laughs) silly season edition I did um, go over how the championship is pretty much done and dusted for this season you think you know it's only a matter of time when Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton will will seal those titles but it doesn't stop the fact that we can have some exciting racing you know we've had four great races leading up into the mid-season break and we're just hoping that this historic Spa Circuit, which has always thrown up some really cracking races, some really exciting races, jaw-dropping races, whatever you want to say. Um, It's thrown up all sorts over the last few years, you know, throughout its history. So hopefully this weekend we can have another race like that. And usually after the break, everyone's still a bit fresh. (laughs) And there is a bit of chaos that happens, particularly first corner. Um, First corner incidents as well last year was pretty horrific with uh, Fernando Alonso flying over the top of Charles Leclerc's Sauber at the time, you know, and we saw that the halo did its job and um, kept Alonso's wheel away from Leclerc's head. So, you know, that was one of those moments last year but the big question i think to ask this year coming into the belgian grand prix which you know pretty much acts as a <laughs> as a home grand prix for max verstappen and that's um you know whether he could continue his strong run of form that he had before the break so obviously austria we saw him take the win there silverstone he was battling all the way with uh, you know charles leclerc didn't finish on the podium but he was quite strong during that race um racing wheel to wheel germany we know he won and then in um hungary the final race before the break he uh, lost out to lewis hamilton obviously because hamilton had that uh, strategy work for him from mercedes so yeah you know can verstappen come and uh make a run in this race red bull haven't been particularly strong here in the hybrid era even though daniel ricardo did win a race back in 2014 only because the two mercedes took each other out (laughs) um so yeah big question to see if the red bull will be strong here um Red Bull have also confirmed that they will have an upgraded Honda power unit as well for this weekend. So it'll be important, I guess, given that the next two races are high, um, high-speed circuits, low downforce. So you know, Honda still with some deficits to Ferrari and Mercedes in terms of power. So this is going to be a real test to see where they're going to be at. Also, it's going to be exciting to see Alexander Albon jump into the Red Bull for the first time as well, you know, the much-anticipated debut after he was announced to have replaced Pierre Gasly in the middle of the season, so, you know, the question is whether he'll be up to speed straight away, or is he afforded some time to adapt to the Red Bull as well, you know, and that's going to be a big narrative in this second half of the season, and of course, you know, looking at um, who Red Bull go for 2020 as well in their driver lineup, so um, we'll wait and see what happens there. Who won the race 12 months ago though? Well, it was Ferrari and Sebastian Vettel, it was the last time that they won a race, (laughs) believe it or not, so it's been 12 months since we saw Vettel win, we saw Ferrari win, is there a chance for them to win this time out? Who knows? I did say a couple of weeks ago that if Ferrari have a chance to win a race this year it would be in the next two races with the low downforce circuits given that they've still got the best power unit and Monza in particular doesn't really require much chassis demand anyway but it's just you know the the way that they've been all year it's uh, just been pretty pretty dreadful so I wouldn't put it past them to kind of butcher that uh, butcher that as well. So um, we'll have to see how they go. But you know what? Charles Leclerc has been in good form. It wouldn't be a surprise if we see him up there and in the mix. So, you know, keep an eye out for him over the weekend. Vettel, still a lot of questions about him and his future, where he's going to be. And while we're at, you know, the subject of 2020 in driver lineups, um, before we went to air, it was confirmed that Valtteri Bottas will be staying with Mercedes for for 2020, which is good to hear. It's what we thought would happen. It's what I thought would happen. So, you know, good decision for them. Now, I did tweet just before going on air that I hope that there's no driver announcements while I'm on air. You know, I've got Twitter open in case um, some news does come through, uh, and I can. Say it pretty much straight away, but yeah, basically now Esteban Ocon, where he's going to end up, and the consensus is that it'll be Renault, possibly or most likely he'll end up at Renault, but at whose expense? And it could be Nico Hulkenberg, most likely Hulkenberg. You know he's been shortlisted as a can- shortlisted as a candidate for Haas. Um, good to steiner just saying um before in an article from motorsport.com that yeah you know on their short list there's ocon there's hulkenberg there's uh grosjean as well for grosjean seats so you know kevin Magnussen's safe there but there is a short list of drivers and hulkenberg and ocon too are on that list so yeah we'll have to wait and see what happens if nothing comes out during this podcast then yeah i'll just have to to let you guys know next week and give you my thoughts on it then so um yeah moving it on the midfield battle mclaren you know they ended the first half of the season on top can they maintain their lead over their rivals you know i guess everything will be steady within their camp nothing about driver futures you know given that they've all been locked away too so expect them to get better but Renault is where I guess the spotlight really is going to be on you know they've got to respond in the second half of the season otherwise you can pretty much say that their year's been a failure this year given their uh you know they've got a star driver lineup they've got Daniel, Daniel Ricardo in there as well Nico Hulkenberg is no slouch either so they've got to just get a car together that can get those results for them and get them straight away they're a manufacturer team and there's no excuses Um, just mentioning Haas before as well so they've also confirmed that they're going to be running, uh, <laughs> what the hell is running? They're going to be running later spec Aero on both their cars this weekend, so that's going to be interesting to see. Um, given that Grosjean's been running the Australian Grand Prix spec car for the last few races, while Magnussen's had the um, updated specs, so now that they're both going to be running the same cars. Um, we'll see how both of them respond and gains i guess are crucial for them too in this second half of the season can they pull together some good results some good points to get back in good stead in the midfield battle because yeah they've fallen behind you've got to say and Haas has been this team that's consistently been up there since they came into formula one 2016 but this year has just been a bit of a i don't know i'd like to call it a, a nadir for them You know that it's been a one-off, sort of bad year. But you know they've got to get their act together for next year. You think, and it starts from trying to get a better understanding. You know, in the second half of the season, um, of those Pirelli tires that they came uh, seem to be struggling on. But um, yeah, you know, only results are going to do the talking, and that's point scoring results, not uh, qualifying in the top ten and then not uh, being able to convert that, so yeah, we'll see how Haas goes, so yeah, that's those guys there, Alfa Romeo, some interesting stuff in regards to them, and um, there was a bit of speculation as to what was going on with them earlier, With uh, there was news that they had put Marcus Ericsson on standby to um, possibly race this weekend, And the reason for that was that apparently Kimi Raikkonen in the mid-season break has gone and strained a muscle or something. So, you know, Kimi's going to go... he's going to get in the car tomorrow for practice. So, Ericsson is basically on standby. Er Ericsson, of course, is the reserve driver for Alfa Romeo. So, you know, if Kimi is unfit for the rest of the weekend, then, you know, you'll see... Um. (laughs) <laughs> you'll see Ericsson jump in, but otherwise, yeah, Kimmy, we'll see how it goes, so, yeah, pulled a muscle he did over the summer break, who knows what he was doing, but, um, you know, it could it could be parenting stuff, you know, Kimmy's a well-behaved adult now, and um, Ray, father of two kids, so, you know, he could have very well be playing with the kids, Not necess- not necessarily jumping off yachts and drinking a lot of vodka, so you know, those days are behind the Iceman now, so, yeah, we'll see how they, what happens there, but, um, hopefully Kimmy's okay, you know, pulling a leg muscle is not fun, if, um, anyone else has gone through that pain, definitely not fun at all, so, yeah, let's go straight into the calendar stuff now, now, 22 races have been confirmed for and. Twenty, it's a bit of a tongue twister 22 for 2020 22 to 2020 blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um 22 races have been confirmed for 2020 spanish grand prix on the calendar so what we were talking about how that could potentially be saved is there seven back-to-back rounds so there's no triple headers thank goodness but seven back-to-back rounds you know can be a bit of a strain as we felt last year particularly on cruise media and all that sort of the traveling parties and all that i mean you know the fans will enjoy having those races from that perspective as well from a fan perspective having the racing is great but you know with the time changes and everything which i'm still (laughs) still not very happy about you know at 10 past 11 every night every Sunday night is a bit too late especially you know with the race finishing at one o'clock in the morning it's not one o'clock on a Monday morning it's not ideal but you know as fans will do it here on the east coast in Australia actually if I was living in South Australia it would be bit better to be an f1 fan because there's a half an hour time difference here so um i'd be going to bed half an hour early which would be really important after an f1 race in europe if i was living in south australia not saying that i'm planning on moving um <laughs> but who knows it, it it sounds good in theory that especially with the um with the half an hour time difference maybe during f1 season i could move to south australia and then live No, if I was to move to South Australia, I'd probably move here permanently. But anyway, that's for another time to talk about. (laughs) So just to give a quick breakdown, I guess, of how the structure of the calendar is. So yeah, Australia, of course, right at the top. Abu Dhabi, the final race um, at the end of November. Um, Bahrain next up. Then the new race in Vietnam is third up, 5th of April, being twinned with the Chinese Grand Prix, um, seems logical, then we head over to Europe and the European leg of the season starts off in the Netherlands, so the new race in Zandvoort, um, being twinned with the Spanish Grand Prix, which has uh, been saved and still there in Barcelona, Monaco, Baku, Canada, France, Austria, Britain, Hungary, um, then your mid-season break, so you know, no Germany, of course, in there. Then mid-season break over thirtieth of August, Belgium, Italy, Italy, subject to contract signature, says on the official um, FIA press release. Then Singapore, Russia, being twin together, Japan, the eleventh of October. So again, on the Bathurst one thousand weekend, this continues to bother me. continues to bother me that Bathurst and the Japanese Grand Prix clash every year, it's so, because the Japanese Grand Prix has not been the most entertaining race for the last few years, it's almost a chore to watch it whilst you've got the conclusion of the Bathurst 1000 on, and the end of the Bathurst 1000 is always the best part, so, again, we'll have to go through that over that weekend in October, then, um, yeah, so the Mexico and texas switch is still a go oh no sorry it's been reversed so this year we've got mexico coming ahead of texas next year it's back to texas first so that's at the end of october then the first of november we've got the mexican grand prix uh, which has been confirmed as we said last week and brazil abu dhabi ran out the season so a pretty neat looking calendar there But I guess it's not until we get to the season proper that we're going to really feel the strain of twenty-two races, but also seven back-to-back rounds as well, and especially with those late nights. I guess if you're watching at this side of the world, it's going to be a bit of a strain. So who knows what will happen beyond twenty twenty? Perhaps for twenty twenty-one, we'll lose one of those races. Spanish Grand Prix might decide to drop out. But, you know, we'll just have to wait and see what happens uh for that. So yeah, that's F one. And um as far as the race is concerned for this weekend, hard to say what's gonna happen, which is always good. I wanna be surprised. Gonna be sitting there at Broken Hill watching the uh watching the Grand Prix, so you know, put on a good race and uh Hopefully, there's a lot of stuff to talk about for next week, so we'll move it on now. So, let's talk supercars now, and um, aside from being at the bend over the weekend um, to watch Race 22, you know, it was a pretty pretty interesting weekend, so had a few more records, records broken by Scott McLaughlin, who just put on an absolute masterclass, and, you know, to think that this was a track last year, that was a bogey for the Ford teams, and we had 888 dominate for the weekend, um, and the Holden cars dominate that weekend, for Ford to come out this weekend, and with the Mustang, put on an absolute masterclass, Scott McLaughlin, perfect weekend, 300 points, wins in both races, uh, Chas Mostert on the podium both races as well, Will Davison as well in the 23 Red Racing car was on the podium too in the second race and he was actually leading Um, he got a a better start than McLaughlin in race 22 on Sunday it was great seeing them uh, ahead in the early part of the race and then I think a pit stop drama saw them fall back behind the Shell V power car but for Scott I guess um, the big record that he eclipsed over the weekend was he equaled Craig Lowndes' 1996 record of most wins in a season so cl back in 96 won 16 races um, which has been the most of any driver in supercars history and since 96 that has not been broken and you think of all the dominant drivers we've had in the last you know two decades mark scaife only i think got 15 wins in a season jamie Wincup cup in the seven championship winning years that he had he could only put together 15 wins as well so for Scott to go and get that record 16 wins already we've still got I don't know like six or seven races to go in the championship this year for supercars so I could pretty much see Scott getting 20 wins aside from you know and they don't necessarily have to be the Enduros either you know we've got two races coming up in Pukekohe New Zealand prior to the Bathurst 1000 two races at the Gold Coast and then of course Sandown and then Newcastle two races there as well so you know Scott doesn't even have to win an endurance race and he can still get to 20 wins this season so it's just it's just incredible what he's done so far this year the championship is pretty much his as it is for Lewis Hamilton in Formula One but um, I guess scott's size will probably be more on wanting to win a bathurst you know winning a bathurst 1000 because it wasn't until last year he was on the podium for the first time so can he win bathurst this year that's going to be the big goal as well as a championship that would be quite special to win bathurst and a championship in the same year i think since 2012 when Win cup um was it 2012 yeah 2012 when Win cup won bathurst with paul dumbrell that the driver who won Bathurst actually went on to win the championship as well. So yeah, that's a long time ago now, 2012 and that happened. So um yeah, we're keeping an eye on Bathurst. I just love the Enduros, as you guys know, I talk I wax lyrical about the Enduro's and supercars. It's such a great time of year, um, for the championship. But you know, it's still there's you know, thirty races a year, there's gonna be good races, bad races it was great going to the bend, I really, really liked it, um, thought it was an excellent circuit, not happy about all the fencing that they've got around there, I think, you know, it's a circuit that's wide enough and safe enough not to have all that high fencing, but, you know, that's just the way it is, and um, I'd like to go see, so you got Asian Le Mans series coming in January next year, I won't be able to go see that, but, hopefully the um, Australian Endurance Championship next year, which has been twinned with the TCR series, so yeah, you know, that would be go, good to go see at the bend, and you know, it's only like an hour and 20 minutes out of Adelaide, so you can easily just drive out there, watch the race, come back, you know, have a good time, it's, it's pretty fantastic, and it's only going to get better, it's only a year old, the bend, so it's only going to get better and better as we go on and more events are going to come to it, I'm sure. And um, such is, <laughs> such has the bend, you know, been a great circuit already in supercars that from 2020 it will get its um, spot on the Enduro Cup roster, so um, we had the calendar come out as well for 2020 for supercars and quite a few changes there as well so you know with the enduro cup as well having a bit of a shake-up so the bend will get the 500k race pre-bathurst sand down drops out unfortunately but stays on the calendar reverts to a super sprint format so to 200k races um, across the weekend which i think might be a bit more entertaining i guess um, for people might see more people come to it They'll still keep the retro round theme as well for that weekend, which I think will be important too. I've loved it for the last few years, going to Sandown, seeing the retro gear, seeing the retro liveries and everything. So, you know, that's good in that instance. Quickly, just get this out of the way, you know. um, (laughs) Get this out of the way so there'll be no Queensland Raceway, unfortunately, no Phillip Island either. So those two events have dropped off, which means... Winton at least gets to stay on the calendar and also Townsville has been renewed as well so that's good to hear from a Queensland and Victorian point of view. Um, February starts so a very early start for the Adelaide 500 next year in February so I wonder how that's going to be weather-wise It'd probably be quite hot um, as if it wasn't already in March when we usually see the Adelaide 500 so They're going to start early in February this season, run all the way to November, as it always does, or I think December or something like that. But uh, format changes, I think that's probably the big shake-up with it. So they've decided to cut out the 120km races that uh, we have on a Saturday normally. So super sprint format, there'd be a short race on Saturday, 120km. Instead, they're going to just do two... 200k races per super sprint weekend so there'll be a minimum of two stops and 120 litres of fuel required to be put in the car so you know longer races more pit stops obviously equals more excitement you know we can't have endurance races for every single weekend but you know we can have you know 200k races which you know basically it's a grand prix length you know 90 minutes and the race that we saw on Sunday at the bend you know that was a 200k race and you know that was pretty exciting you always get a good view at these circuits that you go to in supercars unless it's a street circuit but you know you always get a pretty good view so yeah hopefully that works out and it's really good to see them embracing night racing as well so you know we already sort of speculated that we'd have Perth Um, joined by sydney motorsport park coming back onto the calendar for next year and would have uh, those two events as the super night events so the way they've done it is perth they're going to continue with the two day two race format so instead of friday saturday it's going to be saturday sunday this time and eastern creek sydney motorsport park will be just the single race um On the Saturday or Sunday night, I think so. That'll be exciting. They're not going to be twins, so they're going to be separate ends of the calendar. Sydney Motorsport Park, sort of towards the middle or end, and Perth is quite early on. But the one I'm really excited about is Gold Coast. So, Gold Coast 600 next year, one of the races <laughs> is going to be under lights, and they're actually getting the same company that did the lighting for the Singapore Grand Prix that does the lighting for the Singapore Grand Prix so you know they're going to do the lighting for Gold Coast so that's going to just make that event a whole lot more better so you know adding an extra dimension in there a nighttime <laughs> nighttime enduro as well is going to be a big challenge so yeah as if the anyone thought that the Enduro Cup was getting stale not uh not me anyway but uh, the fact that we've got a new 500k race and you know a night race on the gold coast that's going to be something special so exciting times for the enduro cup next year and i guess to round out supercars we've got silly season so this was really interesting to hear and it sort of just gained a bit of traction over the weekend at the bend and that's david reynolds and his future so apparently he's not actually been confirmed yet for 2020 with erebus you know we would have thought that that was pretty much a given that he would stay with erebus but apparently negotiations have stalled you know erebus have already announced that anton de pasquale will be there for next year Um, why the stall with reynolds who knows um the exact reason whether it's to do with money or better terms or something like that is um reynolds looking elsewhere for a drive and it kind of makes sense when you look at what what is happening elsewhere so walkinshaw and james courtney announced um on monday that they're going to be going their separate ways for 2020 so there's already a seat available at Walkinshaw and Dreddy United. The consensus for the last few months has been that Chas Mostert's going to be leaving Tickford to go there next year, but it's also been said that Walkinshaw could do a complete clear out, you know, which leaves Scotty Pye out of a drive for next year, unfortunately, over there too. And it's sort of been speculated that there could be a. Um, an all-star lineup between uh Mostert and Reynolds at Walkinshaw the only reason that wouldn't work at the moment I'm guessing is they're both star drivers both of them would demand high salary so I don't think Walkinshaw would be able to shell out <laughs> would able to be sh- uh, would be able to shell out the money to have both Reynolds and Mostert in the same team I reckon perhaps Reynolds will end up staying where he is. Oh, you know, Reynolds and Erebus has been a good fit since Day Die, you know, and I know this year's been very difficult and they didn't really have a great weekend either at the bend, but they can <laughs> they can totally turn things round, so we'll just have to hope for the best for those guys, Mostert and Tickford, nothing has really progressed on that front, like, there's no signs, like, he's been doing a great job, so Mostert and Davison have been the best two standout drivers at Tickford this year, Davison is really improving quite a bit, so, you know, you could see that there's nothing going to change there, but for Mostert, you know, is he going to be the guy who can lead Walkinshaw back towards the front you know complete change uh, I hope that Scott Pye gets to stay I really do you know I know a few people who are big Scott Pye fans I'm one of them as well um it would be nice to see him stay there at Walkinshaw and if someone like a Chas Mostert comes in to give that direction that would be good so you know we'll don't know how that one's going to play out, but um, we'll have to wait and see. As for Courtney, you know, it's interesting hearing him say today that he's basically unemployed for next year and is handing out his resume. The hot tip was that, you know, Charlie Schwerkold, um and Team 18 are looking to expand to two cars next year. So whether he is going to go and get James Courtney and pair him up with Mark Winterbottom in a two-car team, two prepared cars, that'll be a really, really strong line up there and it would make sense for someone like Schwerkold because having one car for so long, they can only get so far and not being able to share data and stuff like that, it's very difficult but having two cars, having Courtney's opinion and also his data to try and Um, use as well is quite important so yeah it would just be a matter of whether that's going to happen there but you know supercars is nuts the way that these driver movements end up playing out so I would still find it tough to get my head around Mostert leaving Tickford to go to Walkinshaw you know Mostert getting out of a Ford to go into a Holden you know that's two Ford stalwarts that we've had go over to um holdens in the last two years you know with winterbottom of course leaving last year but reynolds as well he could potentially end up back at tickford that was also something that was speculated so he's been quite vocal about the ford mustang all year so there's that um narrative of if you can't beat him join him sort of thing so him going back to tickford would be quite interesting in that respect so yeah quite a few drives available there in um in supercars land but you know courtney leaving shore and dreading united that being confirmed is kind of the first piece in this puzzle so we'll just have to as i always like to say wait and see what happens And another piece has fallen indeed in the Formula One puzzle. So I'm glad I've got the Twitter open at the moment. And um, Esteban Ocon confirmed for Renault. So that's uh, good news for Ocon to be back on the grid for next year. And they've said the French Australian duo. So that means he'll be partnering Daniel Ricciardo. So Hulkenberg out at Renault for next year. And Ocon in on a multi year deal. So. Um, that's going to be very, very, very interesting to see how it pans out for Hülkenberg. So, you know, Hülkenberg, you got to feel for him because you would have thought that he, along with Ricciardo, were the guys to take the team forward. Of course, Renault stalled this year and, you know, they've got to basically look after Ocon, who, you know, Renault and their ties with Mercedes, uh, Mercedes basically had to get Ock on a seat somewhere so yeah there you go Hulkenberg probably will end up at Haas we'll just have to see how that plays out in the next couple of weeks but I reckon we'll have an announcement it'll be Grosjean out and um Hulkenberg in so Hulkenberg and Magnussen I did say a couple of weeks ago that would be an interesting lineup because of their frosty history um if you remember the suck my balls incident a couple of years ago yeah see how they go as teammates next year Hulkenberg and Magnussen so yeah Ocon at Renault so I didn't miss the boat I was able to get that driver announcement in I'm really proud of myself for that (laughs) moving it on anyway let's talk MotoGP another exciting race the British Grand Prix at Silverstone so another last lap last corner thriller sees mark marquez defeated like who would have thought you'd hear those words mark marquez being defeated um alex rins won this time out in silverstone uh, a couple of weeks ago we had the austrian grand prix which also had a similar outcome with andrea Dovizioso passing mark marquez at the last corner to win Crazy start to the race because we had Dovi and Fabio Cuadarraro crash out together. Dovi, unfortunately, hospitalised. Had a bit of memory loss, he said as well, but he is uh, all good now. So that's good to hear that. Marquez, after the race, saying basically, yeah, he uh, conceded it to Rins and, you know, basically thinking about the championship. Otherwise, he would have gone more flat out. But, you know, Mark Marquez has pretty much got the championship done and dusted he can afford to be cautious. He doesn't have to take risks anymore to get the more points. So you know that's um, that's that. And again, we had an exciting finish to a good race. And Alex Rins two wins this year for him on the Suzuki, which is uh, really good for those guys. Yamaha they had a good qualifying, but uh, Rossi just had no race pace. He was up there in second at the start of the race, but basically fell away. Finished in fourth. You could say Vignales, uh, sorry, Maverick Vinales was in the mix early on and towards the end of the race when those two guys at the front were fighting, but ultimately finished six-tenths adrift in P3. So, you know, at least another podium for Vinales, who's been pretty good this year, all things considering, on that Yamaha. It's just Rossi's just had a dog of a season again, so, you know, you'd be hoping in the next few races... There can be some positive gains for Rossi, you know, to be able to get on the podium. He hasn't been on the podium since Texas now, which is going back to April this year. That's a long, long drought. And, of course, Rossi hasn't won a race for two years now. Yeah, he didn't win a race last year, so yeah it's been been a long time now long time between drinks hey um very sad for valentina rossi fans of which i am one pained fan as well (laughs) horror run for johan zarko um he took out his fellow KTM rider, Miguel Oliveira, cops a three-place grid penalty for the next race, in Misano. but for Zarco, you've got a feel for the guy, because this year has been a complete horror show for him, because, you know, he took the, the leap of faith to go to KTM, go to a factory team this year, and it's just been, you know, Zarco was a star last year on that satellite Yamaha, he was an absolute gun, and then all of a sudden, He's just not been able to get to grips with this KTM bike. It was announced after the Austrian Grand Prix a couple of weeks ago that he would be parting ways with KTM at the end of the season. There was that story as well that uh, in front of the KTM boss, he actually was in tears with Zarco begging for them to break the contract. So you could see how much it meant to Zarco that this season's been so poor and he just wanted out, so, yeah, you know, it would be sad to lose Zarco off the um, MotoGP grid for next year, you know, it's already been discussed whether Moto2 could be an option for him to return, obviously, Zarco's a two-time Moto2 world champion as well, but, um, yeah, you want to see a guy like him stay in MotoGP, stay in the top class, but, you know, with the rides pretty much filling up, so, Jorge Lorenzo's been confirmed well he was he had a two-year contract but you know it's been confirmed that he's going to see out that contract at Honda we've seen Jack Miller retained by the Primack Ducati team as well so yeah those seats are all going to fill up and maybe Zarco might have end up missing out unfortunately which wouldn't be too good for him um, further down in the race, so we had points for Sylvan Gintoli, who's been standing in for the injured Juan Mir. He'll be back in the next round at Misano, hopefully. He was heavily badly injured a couple of races ago. Um, and still hasn't really recovered. So he was twelfth. He got points. And Zorro Lorenzo, I've called him because he's sporting a very dodgy goatee <laughs> and mustache. Is Lorenzo much like Fernando Alonso's one in two thousand twelve? Hence the Zorro title because they both look like dodgy. <laughs> they both look like dodgy Zorros there. <laughs> I don't know what Antonio Banderas is going to think of that but yeah they look pretty dodgy to do those two it's very it's very you know anyway dodgy Zorro Lorenzo on his MotoGP return so yeah he was obviously out for a couple of races having been injured as well um 14th is what he scored he was able to score a, a couple of points there but um nothing special it's been a horror year but you think that for next year he might recover on the honda like he did with ducati last year and then decided before that he won a race to actually break off his ducati contract so maybe that's what's going to happen next year is that lorenzo will announce that he's leaving honda and then win the next four races or something like that so yeah that's usually how it works on that front And quickly, just to finish off um, the racing and MotoGP and everything, so we had this interesting exchange on social media between Marquez and Lewis Hamilton about doing a dream fight or a dream battle of the champions at Silverstone. So, you know, have a round in a Formula One car, we um, head-to-head, and then have a round on a MotoGP bike head-to-head. So we know that um, both uh athletes have sampled machinery of each other's competition we know that hamilton is an avid sorry <laughs> um you know that hamilton is a avid bike fan as well uh mark marquez he tested a bike sorry a um, F f1 car last oh gee sorry, uh, Mark Marquez tested an F1 car last year, I think it was the Toro Rosso, so, you know, they've both had a taste of each other's uh, sports, so seeing those two who are likely, you know, guaranteed they're going to be able to win their sixth world championships in their respective sports this year, them two going head-to-head would be quite fantastic to see, so I say bring it on, I'd like to see who beats who and in what you know they've you know they're two different athletes and two different um sports completely but a lot of similarities you know just the way that they they race you know the, how ruthless they can be so to their competition you know Hamilton has basically blown out you know not only his teammates in the last few years but also the rest of the competition and so has Marquez he's been untouchable so how that'll work between um, those guys if they were to be able to, um, <laughs> if they were to be able to put on this stream fight, this race of champions or whatever, I think it's just going to be one of those things that everyone will be happy to see happen. So yeah, let's make it happen, guys. Mid uh, end of the year, over the summer, uh, well, European winter, Australian summer, make it happen. I want to see this. It'll be great. So that's it for the racing then this weekend. Um, I did want to talk a bit about footy finals and the Ashes as well. So the Ashes Test Series in England, the cricket has been uh, squared up at one all after England won thanks to Ben Stokes' heroics in the third test. Two more tests to go next week. We'll see how they go. Um, and week one of footy finals this week as well. So if you're the AFL following variety then you you know you got some good games on Geelong versus Collingwood at the MCG will be good good for those guys too because the loser isn't eliminated they get a second chance but you know winning is going to be quite crucial because you know you get that week off and being rested is quite important same between Brisbane and Richmond as well playing at the Gabba so you know playing up there in Brisbane might be tough for Richmond so you know they might end up having to play an extra week if they lose and then you got your elimination game so West Coast versus Essendon being played in Perth so very hard to beat the West Coast over there at home and of course GWS Greater Western Sydney playing the Western Bulldogs in Sydney as well so tough lineup for those away teams there be interesting to see how it pans out, but um, yeah, exciting times in NRL as well. I think only two rounds to go next week will be the final round. And Cowboys won tonight. I was watching the game earlier, um, just as when I started recording as well. Final minutes and um, good to see the Cowboys win over the Canterbury Bulldogs and also the final home game being played at 1-300-Smiles Stadium in Townsville before they debut a next stadium a new stadium next year so good on those guys playing on emotion I guess as well with the news last week about uh, their leader inspirational hero Matt Scott was hospitalized with a minor stroke so you know Scott of course announced that he's retiring at the end of this year um, from NRL footy. But you know, to have the news come out that he's had a stroke, he's ended up in hospital, was very sad. But um, good to hear that Thumper is um, fit and well, and he's uh, able to talk. He's sent out some positive messages of thanks to everyone who's been supporting him. Uh, we also had Scott Bolton as well, another veteran forward for the uh, Cowboys, announced that he'll be retiring at the end of this year too. So two big names, I guess, um, leaving the Cowboys at the end of the year, two old hands as well, I guess it's time, you know, to, for the Cowboys team to move into the future, but, you know, two legends of the Cowboys, you know, two premiership winning Cowboys as well is quite important, so, yeah, it was good to see, (laughs) um, Bolton actually, he kicked the winning, um, conversion in the final try that they scored off Shane Wright, so, um, they allowed Scott Bolton to kick that uh, final conversion so um, yeah one more game to go against Melbourne Storm next Friday night at Amy Park I will be there I haven't been to a game all year but if it's a Cowboys game against the Melbourne Storm you can guarantee that I'll be there so yeah but anyway that's about it for this week so thank you for your patience, thank you for bearing with me, I'm a little bit tired of course after a long day, it's been a very, it's been a very fascinating day, I think there's just, you know, the serenity of nature and all that is, you know, something that as I get a bit older, you know, I'm not that old, but I talk like I am sometimes, you know, it just, continues to fascinate me and I just appreciate it a lot more um, seeing these things and taking it in and everything and just having that peace as well just that peace and quiet and just being away from the stresses and whatnot of you know what is day-to-day life you know where you got surrounded by so many different people and you know overwhelmed by Different situations and everything. It's just nice to be able to shut that all away and um, enjoy a bit of peace and quiet. But you know what? We've got to get back to reality at some point. But you know, I want to enjoy another weekend away this weekend and then some Formula One racing as well, which is going to be great. So, can't wait for the Belgian Grand Prix. I'm going to be back home in Melbourne next week. So, uh i'll be able to wrap up the podcast for you from there preview monza as well which is next weekend so we get back into f1 and start um with a double header straight away so yeah thanks guys for tuning in have a good night and hopefully we don't get any driver announcements uh (laughs) until next week so yeah thanks and good night